Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. You know, it's hard to quit smoking. The best way to tackle the challenge is one day at a time. The American Cancer Society has chosen November 15th as the Great American Smokeout, a day for encouraging the 38 million Americans who still smoke to quit. The steady decline of youth smoking over the past two decades should be celebrated. In the 1990s, 25% of teens smoked. The rate is now down to 4.2%. Through extensive public health efforts, the message about the health risks of cigarettes seem to have reached its target. The FDA plans to stop young people from getting hooked on e-cigarettes with a new measure, including a requirement to show ID for age verification for online sales. They're also moving to ban the sale of most flavored e-cigarettes in retail stores, along with issuing warnings to over 1,100 retailers to stop selling the product to minors. Today, however, we're turning our attention to a new and explosively popular nicotine delivery device, vaping. Over the past two years, Middle and high school aged children have taken to it like wildfire and often referring to the practice as drooling, named after the the dominant brand favored by the youth market. In the two years since the inception of Juul, the similar vaping device, 27.8% of teens have reported vaping. The need to educate and intervene with this trend is evident and a clear priority. Dr. Archna Chaudhry, a monarch healthcare internal medicine specialist in Los Alamitos, is here to discuss the addictive and unhealthy effects of vaping and offer advice for what parents should be discussing with their kids. ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to The Experience. I'm Laferne Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. For more information, please log on to ESPNLA.com and go to the podcast page uh, for 710 AM. Or check me out on Twitter at Laferne Cusack. Today we're talking vaping and what effects it has on an athlete's body. And we have Dr. Archna Chaudhry. She's a Monarch Healthcare Internal Medicine Specialist. Welcome to the show, Dr. Chaudhry. Thank you, Laferne. Thank you for having me on the show. This topic, vaping, I know we hear a lot of information about it, I but... You're here to school us. Dr. Chaudhry, can you tell us ab- about your background? The uh, foreign. So uh, I am an internal medicine uh, specialist, and I practice in Long Beach and Los Alamitos. I have been practicing internal medicine for about 20 years now, and I love to treat my patients. I educate them. Every visit they come, I educate them about the risks of smoking, alcohol use, drugs. I want my patients to be healthy. And throughout my career, I have noticed patients need to be followed up. They need to be trained and explained the risks and benefits of these things. And then they do, they do much better. And I enjoy 
practicing medicine. And Dr. Chaudhry, tell us about your background. You got your degree in India, is that correct? That's correct. So I went to medical school in India at Tirunelveli Medical College. It's in Tamil Nadu, southern part of India. And I did my training and the residency there in India. And after that, I moved to U.S., where I where I passed my board, the step one and two. I joined the residency program. I finished my internship at Martin Luther King Hospital in L.A. It was a great program. There was a lot of hands-on patients, and I graduated in 2004 from uh, Martin Luther King Hospital, and then I, sta- then I uh, started practicing in 2004. And since then, I have been practicing medicine. And what is the difference uh, between uh, practicing medicine here and in India, or is there? It's more, uh, patients are more aware of their medical problems here as compared um, to India, because there are some lower developed areas where patients are not aware. Here, patients are more proactive, like preventative health care, there is more, they are like regular, they come in for their annual checkups, and they are more pro to their health. Really? They are eager, they, they, have, they have more questions about their health, they won't take the medicine just because the doctor prescribed it. They are very, um, they want to know more about the medicine, their side effects before the doctor prescribes them. So they are, there are patients, they are very uh, health conscious. Really? Okay, I would think that that would be the other way around because... Well, may- maybe times have changed now because, well, like when my parents were um, growing up and, you know, when they had us, their kids, it was more if going to the hospital when they had to. But I think more yes. this generation, my generation is more apt to asking questions. How, what do you think that is contributed to? Right. So when I went to medical school or when I was growing up, same thing in India, we would only go to the doctor if we were sick. There was no regular follow-ups or anything. Only when you go to the doctor and he told you your blood pressure is high, they would take the medication. But here, it's you like for pediatrics, they go for regular checkups, get their vaccines. And in adult population also here, they come in for their annual physicals. And it's very important, like so, like pap smear for prevention for cervical cancer, mammograms for breast cancer screening. It's real. It really helps us also to prevent the hospitalization and the medical um, cost. Right. Cut down the cost. Right. Right. And also the medication. Is there a difference in medication between here and and in India? The medications. Uh, yes. So the patients will ask lot of questions regarding what are the side effects of the medication, should I take this medication, why should I take it, and the antibiotics. Like here, they, we cannot give them antibiotics over the counter. They have to go to the pharmacy and get it. But in India, it's still they can just go to any pharmacy and get any antibiotics. They don't need a doctor's prescription. That's why there is a lot of antibiotic resistance. Oh. So they need to work on that. Yeah, you can still go to India, go to the pharmacy and get any antibiotic. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, talk about that resistance part, because uh, I know I had a a doctor on uh, like 
maybe over five years ago, he was talking about how there our bodies are becoming more and more resistant to these drugs and it's going to harm us in the long run. Right. So the antibiotics, I would I recommend my patients antibiotics only when necess- they necessarily need it. Because when you take antibiotics, it kills your normal bacteria also. So it's very important you don't want that normal bacteria that helps with other functions like digestion, your excretion, your respiration. <laughs> so it's a lot of patients want antibiotics, but I explain it to them and don't give antibiotics that freely. And also the CDC and the Infectious Disease Society, they also recommend the same way. When you take antibiotics frequently, you you kill the bacteria, but the bacteria on the other side, they become more resistant. They become stronger. Mm-hmm. They get mutations in their DNA and they become more strong. So when they take the antibiotics after a few times, they don't act on that bacteria. That means they become resistant. We have to give them even stronger antibiotics. Like we talk about MRSA, because before you used to give just the regular penicillins and patients would get better. But now, because of the MRSA, they are resistant to that antibiotic. So we have to give them stronger medications. Right, right. So... Dr. Chaudhry, when you are practicing here, you have two clinics, correct, in Los Alamitos? I have have two clinics, one in Los Alamitos and one in Long Beach. And you practice internal medicine. Can you talk about what your clientele looks like in, in your specialty? So it's it's a mixed population. I have uh, younger adults from, you can say, 30 to 50 and high. I have also elderly patients, 65 and older. And I see 18 and above. I don't see kids. I don't see pediatrics population. Mm-hmm. And it's it's widespread because internal medicine is all everything, all the systems of your body. So a lot of patients have the common things, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, CHF, lung problems like asthma, COPD, uh, thyroid problems. So in general, and the regular physical, when we do the annual wellness visit for the elderly, we we check everything. We check all the systems. We also do depression screening. Obesity is a big epidemic nowadays. So we we make sure patients are healthy because it obesity causes hypertension, diabetes, and risk of heart disease in turn. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, with all the fires going on, there's a lot of smoke in the air. And I know we're talking about smoking and vaping on the show today. It's hard to quit smoking. And one thing, <laughs> my sister, she lives in uh, Chicago. She came out here and someone was smoking. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize people still did that. I don't realize. I don't realize people are still smoking nowadays. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, a, a huge campaign. Everybody knows what goes into nicotine products. Now, the American Cancer Society has chosen November 15th as the uh, Great American Smokeout, encouraging all Americans who still smoke to quit. Can you talk about what vaping is and how you how you help your patients Yes. So, uh, so this 
Great American Smokeout is sponsored by the American Cancer Society, and we are encouraging people to quit smoking for this one day so that when they quit smoking for one day, slowly they can quit smoking in small steps and quit altogether. So talking about vaping, e-cigarettes or vaping, these are the e-cigarettes are devices. They deliver nicotine flavoring. It's not tobacco. That's why teens uh, think it's safe. But these vaping devices, they deliver nicotine flavoring and other additives that they inhale in their lungs. And that are very harmful for their lungs. And this rapidly emerging trend among is very popular in the teens and the young adults. Right. And I think it's the curiosity and the taste and the belief they think that e-cigarettes are less harmful than other tobacco products. That's what is causing their increased use. Mm. But I would tell I would tell the teens that this, the the e-cigarettes contain nicotine, which is very highly addictive, and it harms the developing adult brain. So our brain is developing until the age of 25. So when they are young and teens, this nicotine affects their brain. It affects their, uh, harms the control, controls the attention, learning, mood, and impulse control. Mm -hmm. So when they inhale this nicotine, it interferes with the brain development. But and doc- that affects but Dr. the future. But Dr. Chaudhry, isn't it... I thought it was the flavor of nicotine, not actually nicotine itself. Yeah, so it, it does contain, the flavor also is harmful. It is not as harmful as the smoked, burnt cigarettes, but the flavor contains nicotine, which is harmful. And the aerosol or the vapor that is in the vapes, it also contains other harmful substances like ultras, fine particles that are inhaled in the lungs that in future will affect the lungs and cause breathing problems. The flavorings, for example, the diacetyl, that chemical in the flavorings also causes lung disease. And they have some cancer-causing chemicals in the vape that can later lead to lung cancer. Also, also they have heavy metals like nickel, tin, and lead in the aerosol. So they don't know about all these things. They think it's just a flavoring, but it contains so many harmful substances that are very harmful for the lungs. Mm. So how does that compare to... Now, I, I'm... There's, there's like this, I saw, I saw it, I saw it on the side of the road, Dr. Chaudhry, but there's like these, these smoke places where people can go to smoke, smoke and they're long pipes or glass pipes, but they're smoking tea or smoking, you know, there's water in the bottom of it and it, it looks, it's like tea, it's like flavored tea, I believe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. I think you are talking about hookah. Yes. So they yes. have they have the tobacco on top. I in um, I would say in India long time ago they used to use that. I have seen. I used to see my uh, grandparents, the uh, uh, other elderly people. They would sit together and they would smoke hookah. Right. At that time, you know, in at that time, smoking wasn't considered as bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody would smoke, even the kids. I have patients who come, they would tell that when they were small, they were growing up, even 11, 12 year old, they would take a puff and smoke and nobody would say anything. 
So they have the tobacco and this long pipe. Um, it it gets heated and they smoke the inhalation and the inhalation or the vapors have nicotine. Oh, so it's I... not safe in any way. It it does contain some nicotine. Uh, they think. People think it is in less concentration, but any concentration, any chemical in any concentration is harmful for the lungs. Right. And then us being here in Los Angeles and the smokes, the smoke with the fires and stuff. When I woke up this today, it was like I walked outside and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need a mask. But combined with right. the air quality, what does that do to our lungs? Yeah, the smokes, uh, whenever we have these fires and smoke, I always advise my patients to stay indoors because the quality level is so poor. And when they inhale all that smoke, it directly goes into their lungs. Mm -hmm. And people who have asthma, COPD, especially those people, they should stay indoors because it causes, it's like another insult to the lungs and it makes them sicker. That's when they get their exacerbations, they go to emergency room Mm -hmm. and they have to be put on medications. Dr. Chaudhry, can you talk about COPD and exactly what that is? So COPD is called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and and people get it when they smoke for a long time. Oh, long years of smoking can finally cause COPD. So if they started young, at 15 years of age, and now they are 60, so that long-term smoking have affected their lungs. Their lung function decreases. They cannot breathe as much when they walk. They get short of breath, and that has affected their lung function. The lung capacity decreases, and even with even with minimal activities, they get short of breath and they get tired easily. Then we have to put them on inhalers and medication to help them with the lung function and oh. breathing. Oh, so if you and smoking, we know. Causes lung cancer also. So does, will vaping cause COPD as well? There are not many studies done as such, but I would, um, I would recommend because kids, there are studies when they use vaping because the nicotine is addictive, there are increased chances of addiction later in the future mm-hmm. and they start cigarette smoking and that indirectly can cause, uh, if they continue to smoke, can cause COPD. Yeah. Well, this... But it's mainly, it's long-term. So this vaping is very popular. Can you talk about what percentage of teens use e-cigarettes and why they are so popular? Right. So it's very, it's very concerning. If you, if you look at the pictures or you read, in 1990s, about only 25% of the teens smoked. And now... With uh, the Great American Smokeout, the, it has declined to 4.2%. But in the last two years, about 27% of the teens have reported vaping. So if you if you look at the numbers, 16.2% of the 12th graders, 14% of the 10th graders, and about 9.5% of the 8th graders use e-cigarettes. Really? And as I mentioned, the... When they are growing up, there's a lot of peer pressure, so curiosity. So let's just taste and and the belief that they think e-cigarettes are not as harmful as tobacco. That causes them to 
start using it. And it's just pressure. When my friend is using, oh, let me try it. It tastes good because of the flavorings. They think it's 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 good. It's not harmful, and a lot of teens are using it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very important they they understand that it doesn't contain only the flavoring, and it has other chemicals that can harm their lungs. Yeah. That's a lot of chemicals. And the different flavorings are very popular, yes. Yeah, they have, what, like menthol, alcohol, candy, fruit? Candy, different flavors, yes. Yeah, I would recommend I would recommend parents to have open discussion with their kids about these topics that these e-cigarettes, vaping, are, are, not, are not good to use. They should tell their friends because it's a behavior. It's a bad habit. It's an addiction, which later will cause addiction to other drugs in the future. Yes. So we have to do something about it. Now, Dr. Chaudhry, can you talk about what vaping, what smoking does on an athlete's body, like the cardiovascular effects? So when when people smoke, it causes constriction of their blood vessels. That causes decreased supply, and in long term, it can affect the heart. When it affects the heart, the heart function decreases, and it affects the performance. It affects the lungs and the heart. So athletes, they they need to work out. They need that energy. Mm-hmm. If they use these products, it can affect their attention, their their response, and they will get tired and fatigued soon. Right. So it's very important for them not to not to use uh, these e-cigarettes or cigarettes for any reason. So they become fatigued faster than those athletes that don't then those who don't use don't yeah. use yes because uh, it affects the breathing it affects the lungs mm-hmm. it doesn't affect right away but it does affect the performance yes and we talked about some of the long-term effects with COPD um, can you talk about the immediate immediate effects it has on an athletic performance I think most probably it will affect on their um, concentration attention span, impulse control, because it's it's addictive property. If they don't use it, then they will they will feel uh, bad. They want to use it again, and that addiction causes them to use it more and more, and that can affect their lungs and breathing and will affect their performance in the sports. Do you feel that more and more people are getting off of smoking and vaping? Or do you see it stay in the same? I think that I think the trend is they think they are cutting down smoking and vaping is safe. Um, it's a transition. I see patients who used to smoke and they they transition to vaping, thinking that it is safe. It is it is less harmful than tobacco, but it is still harmful for the lungs. Is it true that vaping could double your risk of a heart attack? Vaping is not safe. It is still harmful for the teens and the adult population. As I mentioned earlier, it does contain nicotine, the flavoring which is highly addictive, and it can affect the lungs as well as the heart, causing how it affects the heart is by causing vasoconstriction. So there is it it blocks the arteries, and later it can cause 
heart disease and heart attack. Yeah, there's long-term effects for e-cigarettes. Right, smoking. Smoking causes, so smoking is one of the most important risk factor for heart disease. Because a lot of patients I see, they once when they have a heart attack, then then they would stop smoking if they don't want to have another event. Mm-hmm. Because there are studies have shown if you cut down on the smoking or stop smoking, there is improvement in the heart function and lungs. Because that uh, insult to the lungs is is not there anymore. Right. And the lungs and the heart, they start to heal on its own. So our bodies are really uh, a miraculous thing because once we stop... Very amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you see for people that are addicted to the nicotine? How Do you talk to your patients and tell them how they can... I, I don't know if it's correct terminology, but wean themselves off of smoking. Right. So I would I would advise all patients, all people to go talk to their physician, and they and they can help them uh, stop smoking. Because they, when we see patients, we we develop a rapport with the patient. They trust us. So if you follow them regularly and help them through it. They will quit smoking because if you if you just tell them, hey, you should cut down on the smoking, does that doesn't help? Sometimes some event has to happen in their life that causes them to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. A lot of patients stop smoking when they have their first heart attack because they want to live for their family. They want they don't want another event. That's when they stop. Some people will have. Uh, vascular problem because smoking causes vascular disease in their uh, lower extremities. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they lose their limb. They get infections or pain. The frequent hospitalization is very uncomfortable. So something has to happen that for some patients that uh, leads them to stop smoking. But frequent follow-ups, telling them to cut it down slowly, few cigarettes a day. Some people smoke two packs a day, so you can tell them slowly. Maybe set up a date when you want to stop smoking. Slowly cut down to maybe one pack a day. Then we'll cut down with few cigarettes a day. And there are there are things over the counter like nicotine, gums, patches. Those are helpful in transition from smoking to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. But you, there are a lot of resources out there. Yeah, you. But you, like you said, you have to start the conversation uh, first, so that you know they can be open to quitting smoking. Yes. So, so I have not seen any patient who would come and ask how how could you help me with that. So you have to ask. You have to go deep in conversation with them. How can I help you? How can I help you about your health? You getting better? Do you smoke? Every time we have to ask the patients, do you smoke? Do you use any alcohol? They will say, no. We are, no socially. So when you go, when you ask them, go deep. Then they will say, oh, what do you mean by socially? Yeah, I drink. I drink two cans of beer every day. So that's not socially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's drinking every day. That's an <laughs> alcohol abuse problem. So same thing with smoking. When patients come with their wives, the patient will say, "Oh, I smoke. Yes, I have cut down. I smoke only ten cigarettes a day." And then the wife is there. She will say, "Oh, I can. I can look. I can tell by her expressions." And then she will say, <laughs> "Are you sure?" 
Then it starts coming. Oh, no, I just cut down from two packs to one pack. I'm smoking more than 10 cigarettes. And then they will start telling. Wow. And then we have the discussion. And I, I, have, I have, in my practice for 20 years, I have, I think I have done a good job. I, I tell my patients, they trust me. And I have, I have a lot of patients that have stopped smoking. Some of them may smoke one or two mm-hmm. um, just because they, they need that. And life, there are life stresses that make them go back again to smoking. Mm-hmm. But it does affect. The doctor's role is very important in patients' uh, health. Yeah, so very important. And, it, I mean, it's important for, you know, you to build that relationship so that they can trust you to, you know, go forward in their healthy life with you, you know? Right. Yes, I I do take I do take a lot of time to listen to my patients because I love taking care of them, and and they they love that thing about me. Because I see patients a lot of times, they will say, "Oh, the doctor I used to see won't even uh, like we are so busy. It takes it takes time and patience to listen to them. Right. So we have to we have to listen to their uh, concerns and problems. That's how we can help one person at a time. You talked about how, you know, your brain is still developing until about, what, age 20? 25. Age 25. So what does the nicotine do to the brain that will alter it if you're smoking tobacco before your brain is fully developed? Okay, so so our brain, uh, the brain, how it functions is there are a lot of small connections in the brain. Those are called synapses. So in young people, those synapses or those connections that help us process information, they are built faster than adults because their brains are still developing. Mm-hmm. So these synapses, they are, nicotine changes the way these synapses are formed. So either it takes uh, less time or they are not made properly. So that, that's how it affects the developing brain. The parts that it helps to control attention, learning, mood, impulse control, all these things are affected. And the highly addictive behavior, in addition, causes problems in the future. And are there any ways to mend the synapses? No, because the, the nerve cells are regenerating all the all the time so it's very important that we step up now and educate our teens not to use this because it's very harmful for them because they are still developing and there is like you can say malformation or there are decreased synapses there is improper formation that can affect them in the future and the addiction causes increased risk of future addiction, not only to tobacco, but other drugs, too. Now, since you're... So it's, a, it's a serious topic. Yes, very much so. That's why I, th- I thank you for coming on the show and sharing this information with us. For Because you are an internal medicine doctor, so do you deal with patients that may have had long-term effects from smoking nicotine and, and e-cigarettes, I mean, in regards to, like, needing transplants and stuff? 
Yes. So I see, yes, I have seen patients that have, because they started smoking when they were 15 or 20, and now they're in their 60s, they've been smoking for more than 45 years. And it has affected, it has caused a toll on their lungs, and they have heart disease, they have COPD, and they are on multiple inhalers and medications. They are seeing a pulmonologist. So the, the transplant part, I don't deal with those kinds of patients because they, when they are on their, when their COPD worsens, they are on multiple medication and some of them may need even oxygen because their lung function has decreased so much that they have to, they have to supplement with oxygen. And then it's the pulmonologist, the lung specialist comes into picture. So we refer them to the pulmonologist and they in turn refer them for transplant. Yes. Oh, that's rough. Well, there's a lot to know and a lot to review. If you are, again, talking about e-cigarettes and doing e-cigarettes, the November 15th is the Great American Smoke Out and we're encouraging the 38 million Americans who still smoke to quit smoking. Dr. Chaudhry, can you give us some top tips of what we need to do to be a part of this great American smoke out and how we can go forward being healthy athletes, healthy adults, and staying off the nicotine? What I would encourage people just they can start stop smoking for this one day slowly they can quit smoking in small steps and quit altogether i would advise all parents to have open discussion with their kids about e e-cigarettes vaping that it's it's not safe it is it is uh, less harmful than cigarette smoking, but it's still harmful for the body. I would talk to um, the teens, have discussion with their friends and peers and counselors in school, giving them um, like small talk about vaping because it's more uh, increased use in schools. Um, they have to limit that for the kids. Also, a lot of kids, they... They do, they do play sports, and it does affect their um, performance in sports. So it's very important. And uh, doctors, when they see their patients, whenever they come for their regular visits, just make sure you tell them, focus on the preventative stuff so you can prevent further calamities, further hospitalization. So it's very important that they know these things are not safe and they are harmful for their body. I would tell all my monarch patients to uh, tell them that e-cigarette is harmful for them, for the teens, for the general population. And I, that's, that's my uh, goal to tell them stop smoking, quit smoking altogether. It's very harmful for their body. And Dr. Chaudhry, can you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you or if they have any more questions about uh, vaping and smoking? So I would tell the patient they can go uh, to the website. They can go to cdc.gov e-cigarettes. They can also go to cancer.org 
tobacco smoking. They can have uh, more information on nih.gov.vaping. Uh, and uh, they can call my office and make appointments. My staff is wonderful. They can get them appointments right away. I take walk-ins. Uh, and my phone number at my office is 562-594-855 at my Los Alamitos. And my Long Beach office is 562 562- Well, thank you so much, Dr. Archnut Chaudhry, again, internal medicine specialist, uh, Monarch Healthcare. And again, November 15th is the American Cancer Society, Great American Smokeout. Dr. Chaudhry, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Thank you so much, LaFern. It was nice talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. ESPN LA 710. From Know the Risks, e-cigarettes, and young people uh, located on the CDC websites. It's like talk with your kids, with your teens about e-cigarettes. There is a tip sheet for parents to break down the tip sheets. It's like know the facts. Get credible information about e-cigarettes and young people at e-cigarettes.surgeongeneral.gov. And be patient and ready to listen. Avoid criticism and encourage an open dialogue, just like Dr. Chaudhry said. Remember, your goal is to have a conversation and not to deliver a lecture. It's okay for your conversation to take place over time in bits and pieces. And stay positive. Set set a positive example by being tobacco-free. If you use tobacco, it's never too late to quit. For free help, visit smokefree.gov or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. I'm Laferne Cusack. This is ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.